Good morning, Shawnee Baptist Church. There's something different in the air. It's Sunday. Sing it out with me this morning from your home. There's something different in the air. It's Sunday. My heart is eased of its care on Sunday. I can hardly wait to be in church with folks who care for me. Hallelujah. Amen. It's Sunday. There's something different in the air. It's Sunday. I love the preaching of the Word on Sunday. Jesus is so dear to me, for He died to set me free. Hallelujah. Amen. It's Sunday. And what a joy it is to be back together uh, watching by way of video this morning. And I'm delighted that you could take part in our services today. Thank you for gathering your family. We look forward to what the Lord has for us this morning through this time of worship. We have a special guest to pray for us this morning. And so let me go ahead and turn it over to Brother Lorenzo Betts. Good morning, Shawnee Baptist Church family and visitors who are tuning in this morning. It's so nice to have you join us by video this morning. We would just uh, like to thank people, Lord, for the support that they're giving us. And we'd just like to thank our church for allowing us to be able to reach you all by media. Can we have a word of prayer now? Gracious Father, we come to you thanking you for another day. We ask that your power and your presence, Lord, and your person would have its way in the hearts and minds of each and every one of us. Father, we all have our situations and things, Lord, and it seems like things that are going on in the world seems to heighten them. But thank you, Father, that you have that peace, Lord, that quietens everything. So we would ask this day, Lord, we tune our hearts and our minds to you. Lord, that you put, we put everything that's behind us, in front of us, behind us, and let your spirit and your will have its way. Bless the services today, Lord, to your glory. We'll be careful always to give you the praises. In Jesus' name we pray and ask it. Amen. Thank you, Brother Betts, for that prayer. We had a wonderful outreach on Friday evening here at Shawnee Baptist Church. Uh, Brother Tim Smith and a few others organized an opportunity for uh, people in our community to drive on church property, pick up a large pizza, a bag of chips, and pop. Uh, and that evening, we gave away over 115 different pizzas. Uh, one of our deacons, Brother Adam Moore, mentioned he had the opportunity also to witness to a man, uh, and that man trusted Christ as his personal Savior. And we had the opportunity to hand out uh, tracts, uh, flyers that uh, talked about how to watch uh, this morning and maybe even this morning. Uh, somebody's out there uh, who is watching for the first time because of that outreach on Friday. Once again, church family, thank you for being generous and thank you uh, for taking the opportunity to minister uh, to people right here in the area that God has called us. I look forward to uh, a worship time this morning by song. And so this time I'm going to turn it over to Brother Ricky Moon as he comes and leads us in worship. Well, good morning. We're sure glad you're with us. Let's sing together. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Sing it out with me. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song. 
Submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior. my song, praising my Savior all the day long. And let's sing together also this morning, great song, it is well with my soul, and it certainly is when we have Christ as our Savior. Sing it with me now. When peace like a river attendeth my way.
my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Thank you so much. Amen. Thank you, Brother Ricky, for that. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'd like to have you take them to Hebrews chapter number 6. Hebrews chapter number 6. Uh, as you're turning there, let me make an announcement and then we'll have uh, the ladies come and sing for us. Uh, we have hope here in the next couple weeks that we'll be able to have a live service here, right here at Shawnee Baptist Church. Uh, right now we're tentatively planning for May 24th. Uh, it looks like uh, our governor has went ahead and announced uh, that churches can reopen on the 20th, around the 20th. And so that first Sunday back will be May 24th. Uh, we don't know yet all the restrictions and limitations. We'll be uh, mentioning those here in the next couple of weeks. But I'm excited uh, that a in-person live service with you uh, is here in the future. Uh, I pray that you'll enjoy this song the ladies are singing. My hope is in the Lord. God say, have you considered my servant Job? He's one who's faithful in all that he knows. Job lost his family, his land, and all as well. When he wouldn't curse God, Job lost his health. Job's cries could be
you have your Bibles open there to Hebrews chapter number six, and thank you once again, ladies, for that wonderful truth uh, by song this morning. We are looking at essential Christianity. Of course, uh, here recently, things in our lives have been deemed essential or non-essential. As we come to Christianity, as we come to our faith in Jesus Christ, as we come to uh, the Word of God, every single thing that's mentioned in God's Word is essential. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a matter of essential or non-essential. It's essential or maybe less essential. There are some things in Scripture that are more important than other things, though all of it is important. And we took the time the last two weeks, the first week, to look at the subject matter of gratitude. Thankfulness and readiness to show appreciation for an action that has been done. Uh, to show kindness for a value received in our lives. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, if you are sitting there this morning thinking, what is God's will for my life? I cannot speak to all of it, but I can speak to the fact that God wants you to be thankful. He wants you to be grateful. Last week, we studied the subject matter of faith. Forgetting all, I trust him. Uh, faith, believing God is who he said he is and will do the things that he says he will do. Faith is as strong as the character of the person we put our faith in. There's a lot of things that fail. People fail. Money fails. Resources fail. Uh, health fails. But our faith is not fixed in any of those things. Our faith is fixed in God on a sure foundation that will never fail. But without faith, Hebrews 11:6, 6, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now we look here at Hebrews chapter number six, at a third essential uh, part of Christianity, and that is this word called hope. Hope. Look there with me at Hebrews chapter six, verse number 18. That by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And it's that subject this morning that I'd like to preach to you, that subject matter of hope. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for the wonderful privilege we have this morning to come to church by way of video. God, we look forward to our assembling together soon. God, we do pray even right now that your Holy Spirit would be evident in our service. I pray your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts and lives. Father, may you put away the distractions uh, in our living rooms this morning, would you help us to uh, focus on your word? Father, would you help us to focus on uh, listening to what your spirit has to say to us this morning? And I pray that we would not only be hearers of your word, but that we would be doers of your word. Father, for the one out there this morning that does not know your son, Jesus Christ, as their personal savior, Father, this morning, I pray that they would find hope. 
for the Christian this morning, I pray that they would be encouraged, strengthened, challenged by your word. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we ask these things. Amen. Years ago, uh, I was sharing the gospel at an apartment complex in Gladstone, Oregon. I was meeting and talking with a group of teenagers who had gathered uh, outside. They were playing, and I had uh, just introduced myself and uh, started uh, teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and sharing them with them what uh, Christ had done uh, for them and how they could know for sure that heaven would be their eternal home. A lady came up uh, and interjected at uh, the very end and said, uh, Steve, do you really believe the things that you're telling uh, these kids? Do you really believe uh, that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven? And I mentioned to her, I said this, well, that's where my hope is. I don't know where your hope is. I said that word hope. And all of a sudden, this lady came unglued. She began uh, just uh, arguing, not, not arguing, but uh, exclamating or, or uh, loudly talking to me about that it better be more than a hope. That if I'm gonna take the word of God, I'm gonna share the word of God, that uh, hopefully it's not a hope. Hopefully you know for sure that you're not uh, giving these kids something false. You better be confident that what you're telling them is the right thing. And uh, once again, I knew what I meant when I said the word hope. She did not understand uh, what, what I meant with that word. And oh, let me say this, sometimes words can be misunderstood and therefore it's important for us to clarify uh, the meaning of what we're talking about. This lady was using hope in one context, I was using hope in another context. Our English word hope often conveys doubt. If you were to Google uh, the definition of hope this morning, you would come across a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen, or wanting or wishing for something to be the case. Um, I hope I can go eat at Crackle Barrel soon. Uh, I hope everything resumes back to normal here in a few months. And maybe there's some of you out there thinking, I hope uh, I can get my hair cut uh, here in the next month. Or I hope Pastor Frost finds his razor before we get back to services at the end of May. Uh, hope, the biblical definition of hope is much different. As we read in the New Testament and also specifically in the passage there in Hebrews chapter number six, that word hope in our Bibles is elpis or elpizo. It means this, an expectation or confidence. Not I'm wanting something to take place or I'm wishing something to happen, our hope uh, our biblical word hope is a confident expectation or assurance based upon a sure foundation for which we wait with joy and full confidence. Now that's a long definition, so let me give it to you again. The biblical definition of hope is a confident expectation or assurance based upon a sure foundation for which we wait with joy and with full confidence. We might say it this way this morning, there's no doubt about it. We know it's going to happen. We hope in the Lord. Hope is essential. There are many 
wonderful passages in our Bible about this subject matter of hope. Let me quickly share three as we make just a few introductory remarks. Uh, Ephesians chapter two, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and having uh, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Let me say, first of all, before Christ did a work of our, in our lives, we were without hope. No hope. What an awful place to be. Maybe this morning you feel like that's you. You have no hope. That's what I was before Christ came into my life, before Christ began to do a work in me. Uh, there's a second of all, not only before Christ were we without hope, but Jesus Christ brought this hope. In Ephesians chapter two, verse number 13, the very next verse, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off were made nigh by the blood of Christ. We were without hope, but now we have been made nigh by Jesus Christ. Paul told Timothy in the introduction to his first letter, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God, our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Paul said, my firm confidence, Timothy, my expectation is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. As Peter wrote there to the Jewish Christians in chapter one, verse number three, Peter said this, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. We were without hope, but we now have hope because of Jesus Christ, because of his death and resurrection. Third of all, this morning, Scripture tells us that we ought to know and study Scripture in order to express that hope. We ought to be able to talk about the hope that is in us. First Peter chapter 3, verse number 15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Peter writes that you and I ought to be able to give an answer of the hope. We ought to be able to talk about the confidence that we have. We ought to be, uh, be able to talk about that sure expectation that we believe as Christians. And it's for that reason this morning, for you and I to be able to better communicate and understand what biblical hope is, we find ourselves here in our text passage, here in Hebrews chapter number six. Look there with me again at what the writer says, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation to have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that Within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And I want to call your attention this morning to the beginning of verse number 19. 
which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. I want to speak on that subject matter, uh, anchor uh, of hope or uh, the hope that we have, an anchor of the soul. A few questions. Would you agree with me this morning that the Christian has resistance it must face as we live in this world? The winds of this world are blowing. The waves and wind of this world are likening to push us up against the rocks, up against the shoreline. Would you agree with me this morning that storms come in our lives? That many would have found shipwreck? Storms were no strangers to. Many of a Christian and many of us have endured storms, storms of grief. Storms of health, storms of heartache and loss, storms of financial upheaval, storms of temptations, storms of relationships. Would you agree with me this morning that we find ourselves often in a storm of life? Would you agree with me this morning that the winds of compromise and culture push against us as Christians? If you this morning have a desire to please God and a heart to live for him, you are trying to go upstream in a world that is headed downstream. The culture is heading away from Christ, not toward him. The current of this world's philosophies are pushing hard against the church. And would you agree with me this morning that the winds of false teaching and a subtle untruth are looking to drive the believer away from where they're supposed to be planted. There in Ephesians chapter four, verse number 14, Paul wrote that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Jude wrote, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that, ye should earnestly contend, fight for the faith, which was once delivered unto you, the saints. Four, verse number four, there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord, Jesus Christ. The internet is filled with false teachers and false preachers and false believers who are trying to make your faith shipwrecked who are trying to drive you away from the word of God and the truths found in scripture, that are trying to drive you away from the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you agree with me this morning that the wind is blowing against the Christian, that there are storms out on the sea of life? And it's for those reasons we have this wonderful truth. An anchor for the soul for the resistance from the world. An anchor for the soul against the winds of compromise. An anchor for the soul against the winds of false teachings. An anchor for the soul for the storms of life. The first thing I'd like to look at this morning is the anchor itself. Second, the purpose of the anchor. And third, I want to make a few practical concluding applications. But first of all, this morning, as we look at hope, uh, the anchor, what is this anchor? What is this anchor? Uh, there in our verse, which hope we have 
as an anchor of the soul. What is the hope that our passage refers to this morning? Again, verse number 18, that by two immutable, the word means unchangeable, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. We do not have time this morning to dig deep into all this passage is talking about. It's, very, it's a very rich text. But let me give you quickly a summary of this hope. God's promises, two immutable, unchangeable things, God prom- God's promises and God's oaths are unchanging. They are immutable. Why are these promises of God and oaths of God Uh, immutable. We see there in verse number 18, it is impossible for God to lie. In Titus chapter one, verse number two, Titus says, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began in confidence of eternal life and expectation, sure expectation that one day we will see his face. Why? Because God promised by the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. Our hope rests in the faithfulness of God and his word. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line, all the blessings of his love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. I can hope in them. I can tell you this morning what this hope is for me. It's the hope of eternal life. The hope is the access of prayer. The hope is the word of God. Think about it this morning, the confidence that we have in the word of God. This did not come from man, it came from him. Uh, As I said before, the Holy Bible uh, here uh, must have been inspired of God and not of men. I could not if I would believe that good men wrote it to deceive or bad men would not if they could proceed to write a book so good. It must be that God inspired the words which souls of prophets fired. I'm so glad this morning I have a book that came from heaven. I have a book that came from my heavenly father. I have a book written down by the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a book inspired, infallible, wonderful, a book for me. I have hope in the word of God. I have hope in the presence of God. My hope is found in the power of God. This hope is all those things laid up for me in heaven one day. This hope is found in all the promises that the word of God contains for me. My hope is in Jesus who died for me, who rose again, who's preparing a place in, in heaven for those who put their faith in him. My hope is Jesus who in verse number 20, it reminds us is our high priest, the one who grants us access into the throne room of the Father, as Hebrews chapter number four says there in verse number 14, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We have an anchor. 
That anchor is hope. We find here verse number 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. I pray this morning that you have that same hope, that same confidence, that same sure expectation. Second of all, this morning, what does this anchor of hope do for us as believers? What does this anchor of hope do for you? First, let me say, it holds our life in place when the winds and waves of life would like to move and drive us about. Drifting is dangerous, especially in a storm. When the winds are howling around us and the waves are tumultuous, drifting is dangerous. Why? Because drifting leads to destruction. God never intended his people to be shipwrecked. The winds of this world would like to carry us to the rocks on shore. But you and I have an anchor to hold us in place. God has given us everything necessary to stay away from destruction. The current storm that we face as a nation, as a church, and as people, uh, this fear that uh, COVID-19 brings, this unsurety uh, here in life. And if we're not careful, we'll uh, allow this prevailing fear to drive us this way and to drive us uh, that way, to get us to doubt here and to get us to doubt there, to get us to worry and uh, just uh, be all up in arms over things. If we're not anchored, then that fear will drive us to destruction. Some people have said, Pastor, I thought when I gave my life to Christ, things would get easier. Let me say this morning, life is not easy for anybody. Life is not easy for anybody. The Christian life, though, has an anchor that this world does not have. Everyone goes through trials. The trials are no different for the Christian as they are for the unbeliever. Trials are no different from you than they are from me. We all have storms that we face. Everybody goes through the storm of financial difficulties. Every marriage goes through a storm, relationship issues, relationship conflicts. Every person goes through the storm of temptations and, and trials. Every person uh, at times experiences storms of fear and uh, storms of self-doubt. But the believer has an anchor that the unbeliever does not have. We have help. We have hope. We have an anchor in the Lord Jesus Christ. First, this morning, it holds our life in place when the winds and waves of life would like to move us. What is the second purpose of the anchor. It keeps us from despair and distress from the ever-changing winds of life. Can you imagine the lack of peace that comes from being tossed about? Could you imagine the unhappiness of being blown about in this life, in this world, to be cast over here and then cast over here and to hit the rocks uh, there and hit the rocks back over here. Without an anchor, 
or much like the children mentioned there in Ephesians 4, being tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the sight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But our text here, verse number 18, says we might have a strong consolation. The winds of life can blow strong, but they are no match for the strong anchor that we have in our God. They're no match for the Lord Jesus Christ. That storm, those winds trying to blow us to and fro are no match for the word of God and for our heavenly Father. We sing the hymn, though the angry surges roll. On my tempest-driven soul, I am peaceful, for I know. Wildly though the winds may blow, I have an anchor safe and sure that can evermore endure, and it holds, my anchor holds. Blow your wildest then, O gale, on my bark so small and frail, by his grace I shall not fail, for my anchor holds, yes, my anchor holds. Holes. Wind, go ahead and blow. Wind, go ahead and toss me over here or over there. I have an anchor founded in the Lord Jesus Christ that keeps me from despair, that keeps me from distress. The third purpose of the anchor of hope in our lives is it keeps us from losing headway in which we have made. It keeps us from losing headway in which we have made. We have a destination that we're headed. And if you're like me, this morning, not only do we want to reach the destination, but we want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Christians, though sometimes, are tempted to return back from where they came. In Galatians chapter 4, verse number 9, Paul writes to the church, but now, after that ye have known God, or are rather known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? Paul says, church, why, why would you go back to those things? Do you desire to have that same bondage of sin? And unfortunately, so many Christians fall back from the place they were. They run back to the same things that they struggled with before salvation. How could someone who professed Christ and lived for him now renounce uh, the things that they had learned and the faith that they had held? Let me say it this morning. They pulled up the anchor. They pulled up the anchor and now are drifting back to where uh, they came from. We have made some headway as Christians. We have pushed on to our port. The last thing we want to do is give ground back to the devil. Have you ever uh, canoed or been on a, a boat there in a river? Out in Oregon, there was rivers all over the place. And many times uh, they're fishing in the river. The minute you cut off uh, that boat motor, the minute you pull up the anchor, uh, you start losing ground from where you were headed. The current is going that way, but as Christians, we're heading this way. We've got to keep that anchor fixed. Why? It keeps us from losing headway. Why the anchor? What is the purpose? It holds us in place when the winds push. It keeps us from despair. It keeps us from losing headway in our Christian life. And fourth of all, this morning, why the anchor? What is the purpose of this thing? Hope, it helps us 
stay useful in service. It helps us stay useful in service. The Christian who is easily moved, whose life is being controlled by the storms around it, whose life is being controlled by the winds, how much service can they really be? Growing up, my parents would take us fishing up in the Upper Peninsula, and uh, you just kind of got the weather that came with your week of vacation. Every now and then, you'd have a day or two of storms, a day or two of high winds. I hate fishing in the wind. It's very, very difficult. The minute that boat stops, the motor cuts off, all of a sudden you're not in the same place. And yes, uh, you could throw the anchor. I know with, with our fishing, a lot of times we like to uh, just cast the shoreline. And if we were gonna cast the shoreline in the wind, literally somebody has to just stay on the motor. They can't do any fishing while one person uh, fishes. The wind causes uh, things, it causes uh, fishing to be very useless, very difficult. And such is the case for the Christian. If we are not anchored, if we are not firmly fixed, it's very difficult for us to be of use for the Lord. It's hard to do anything for Christ when you're being blown this way and that way. Uh, how do you use someone who is being tossed about? In one Sunday, out the next Sunday. Chasing this fad and then chasing that fad. In service and then out of service. Unstable as water. How can you influence others? How can you, uh, or how will others have hope if you are being tossed about? Someone asked me, Pastor, when things open back up, will you lose some people? Let me say this morning, if we do lose some people, I can tell you who we lose. We lose the person whose hope was not in God and his word. We lose the person whose hope was not fixed and founded in Jesus Christ. We lose the person that did not have their confidence in our heavenly father. I'm so thankful for the members of Shawnee Baptist Church, the wonderful people as yourself who I have the privilege to pastor, who have been through storms, who have been through difficulties, who have been uh, through trials, yet have remained firm, have remained fixed, have remained useful, have remained in service for the cause of Jesus Christ. You've had your anchor out of the boat and it has been fixed in our God and you have been used by him. I'm so grateful and thankful for you. When the winds blow, when the storms rage, you know right where to find that person because they're anchored in Christ. I must conclude, I've spoken on our anchor and its purposes. Let me close with a few practical applications this morning. At first, an anchor outside of the boat doesn't help much. An anchor outside of the boat doesn't help. The world is trying to figure out the storms of this life. They're trying to figure out the storms of our present circumstance with no anchor. You know, this morning I feel sorry for them. And if you're listening 
and you don't have an anchor in your boat, I feel sorry for you. In our text, in verse number 18, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. There's a wonderful truth today. The same hope that I've preached about and shared from God's word is set before you. The same anchor in which we have talked about its purposes is available to you. Will you lay hold on this hope? God loved you. He loves you. He sent his son to die for you. His son, Jesus Christ, loves you. He died for you. He was buried. Three days later, he rose again. He's preparing a place in heaven now for those who place their faith in him. Will you fix your hope? In Jesus Christ, will you allow Jesus Christ to be the anchor of your life? I affirm confidence in eternal life this morning. I affirm a full expectation of eternity in heaven. Why? Because I have the anchor of Jesus Christ. I have a hope. If you're without hope this morning, I introduce to you Jesus Christ. Would you have a personal relationship with him, Would you this morning put your faith, not in works, not in a church or religion, not in the things you do, the places you go, would you, would you put your hope, your confidence, your trust in Jesus Christ? Would you invite him into your life today? You must personally lay hold on the anchor. First, an anchor outside of the boat doesn't help. But let me say this, in conclusion, an anchor inside the boat, but not in the water, doesn't help much either. Verse number 19 of our text, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. You have the anchor. Are you using it? This morning, are you a Christian who's being tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine? Are you in church and then out of church, in service and then out of service, living for God and not living for God? Faithful and then fearful? Confident and then failing? Is the winds of life, the storms of life blowing you about? If you're a Christian this morning, the anchor's in the boat, would you cast it out? Would you cast it out? Would you, would you firmly fix it to God and his word and the Lord Jesus Christ? Would you put your trust in this hope? No good inside the boat. An anchor is only good when we pull it outside of the boat and put it in the water by faith. Third of all, this morning, let me say it's good to be reminded that the anchor has a hold on you too. It's a good reminder that the anchor has a hold on you too. Yes, uh, the anchor is tied to the boat, but the boat is also tied to the anchor. Hebrews chapter six, verse number 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. We have a forerunner, somebody who's already there that's holding on to us. And that is the Lord Jesus 
Isn't that a wonderful truth? Our Father in Scripture, it tells us, has us held in the palm of His hands. Yes, we are holding on to the anchor, but the anchor is holding on to us. We're going to go through storms. The winds are going to toss us a bit. It might even make us a little seasick, bring some discomfort in our lives. But as long as the anchor of Christ has a hold on us, we will never be destroyed. Let me close with this passage, Romans chapter eight, verse number 37. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If we have the anchor of hope fixed in God, fixed in his word, fixed in Jesus Christ, fixed in God's promises and God's oaths, my friend, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Where are you at this morning in this matter of hope? A most essential part of our Christianity. Are you saved this morning? Do you have a hold of the anchor? Put your trust in Jesus Christ. Maybe you have the anchor of Jesus Christ. You've just not had faith to live for him yet. A faith to allow him to make some decisions in your life. Faith to allow him to control what takes place. Christians, stop being blown about. Stop letting the storm take you against the rocks. Would you firmly put your foundation, firmly throw out that anchor of hope in Jesus Christ? And then third of all, would you take time this morning to be thankful and grateful that though often we let go as a believer, he never lets go of us. It's good to be reminded that the anchor has a hold on you. Father, we love you. We thank you for this anchor of the soul. Thank you for this matter of hope. God, I pray that our hope this morning would be strengthened. Father, I pray that we would understand what hope is, how useful it is to our lives. We're in a storm. It's not going to be the last. But Father, the last thing we want to do is to be destroyed. The last thing we want to do is to be beat up on the rocks of life. God, may we take hold of this most wonderful anchor, hope. God, I pray that you'd use it in our hearts and lives. And we'll be sure to thank you and praise you for it. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we ask these things, amen. Once again, this morning, thank you so much for taking time to join us by way of uh, live stream and video. And uh, whether you're watching uh, on Facebook or YouTube or another platform there on our website, uh, I just so appreciate you coming uh, to church and being together with us. We look forward to the church doors being open uh, toward the end of May. Until then, let's continue to live for him. Let's continue to make our lives count for him. Let's continue 
uh, to have our trust, our foundation fixed in the anchor of hope, in the anchor of our Lord Jesus Christ, God, his word. Isn't it a grand thing to be a Christian? And once again, this morning, if you're not a Christian, if you're not saved, you don't know Christ as your savior, I pray right now, you'd take time to bow your head, to call on Jesus Christ for forgiveness of your sins and for eternity. For whosoever shall call upon him shall be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're not saved, I pray that you'd get saved this morning. Until then, let's live for him. Christian, what a wonderful blessing it was to worship together this morning. God bless.